0: Get on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick
1: the young man named sean sheehan
0: the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe mma people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else i see them coming up and they're getting their shot and i'm proud that people are coming up with me Welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode 207 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Billy Eilish of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about one of the most phenomenal, maybe not nights, but top two fights we've ever seen on a, on a UFC card. Graham, how are you? How are things? How was your week?
1: Yeah, it was a good week, uh, and it was a, like as you say, like it doesn't. It it doesn't wasn't wasn't necessarily a brilliant card all the way through, but those two main event fights, then co main event fights were absolutely brilliant fights. Like uh, wars, both of them, you, like it's it's rare you get a, a fight like that, and it's extremely rare that you get two of them in a row like that for titles, even if interim or an interim title, and all that stuff is still five round wars like that between really high level guys, very rarely happen, very very rarely happen. Uh, we're within minutes
0: of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can uh, we get into MMA very quickly there? But before we... we well, no, that was pretty <laughs> good. Pretty good couple of boys, <laughs> to It was pretty good. Before we started out, we've had a little bit of audio issues, a little bit of technical issues. It's not our fault, actually. We use either Skype or uh, Facebook or one of them to record and they're not working today. So we're on fucking Google Hangouts here. So if the audio is a bit uh, bitty or anything, blame, blame fucking Facebook and Skype and all because they're not working this morning. But anyway, let's get... Yeah, come here to me. What do you think it is... I know we've talked about it before, and maybe I'm the foremost opponent of not giving a shit about titles and stuff on the line and interim titles and all that. But like, did last night just just kind of prove? You're sitting there, you're watching those fights, and you hardly even think the title is on the line, do you? You're like, this is a great fight. You're absolutely taken away in this excellent fucking fight, and it's imagine last night right if both of them were just number one contender fights okay the the paria versus um holloway fight would have been five rounds but the other one wouldn't it would have been three rounds because it would have been but a how, how, event.
1: how stupid is it that for for like most of the years i've been watching MMA, and my main events were three rounds unless they were for a title and we were robbed of some great rounds and yeah. this whole thing that you can only be a five round fight if it's a main event is is much better than before but it's still stupid like if you have a a really important fight between two excellent guys. You should be able to offer them five rounds if they want to sign that contract. They everybody should do it. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be like kind of an unwritten rule that you don't do it. I don't understand why you wouldn't just you wouldn't just like you want to try to find out who the best fighter fighters in the world are and these upper echelon guys. Like uh, sometimes you need five rounds for the fight to develop properly.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, and that's why I think you know MMA has improved so much and there's been so many great fights because of the five round. Uh, limit with with main events and with more interim titles and stuff. I know people hate the interim titles, but I like uh, interim titles there isn't actually that many of them if you actually think of it. There was there was none of them until last night. There was no interim title in the UFC until last night. So people get carried away a little bit, I think, with the whole interim title talk. And if interim titles lead to fights like we saw last night and they do a lot of the times you know a lot of these title fights are absolutely fantastic when you fight three or five rounds sorry it gives you more time to kind of to embed yourself into the fight it gives you more time to plan throughout the fight because they, these guys kind of rise and rise through the fight a lot of the time it's very rare that you see a guy going in and you know fighting a, a one-round fight in a five round fight if you know what i mean like you can look at look at the kind of maybe the likes of of Jose Aldo he kind of changes up his game plan from five and and three round fights and he's maybe a bad example because when he's fighting three rounds he's he's a you know a more devastating fighter and stuff but i think it's fun to see devastating fighters but also fighters how they can fight over five five rounds how they can kind of plan how they can change things up to fight differently over five rounds we always talk about it you know when when guys are moving from the three to the five because you know i watch so many fights and stuff now that it's impossible not to kind of see the the way the kind of game moves that the ability to change from a three-round fighter to a five-round fighter is absolutely huge and I think MMA has improved because there's more five-round main events because these fighters their ability to rise to that occasion of fighting five rounds and rising to the occasion we'll talk about a lot uh, in a couple of seconds but it has it has gone up an awful lot because they do it more they have more experience doing it and I think it's it's great for fans it's great for for MMA in general and what you, like, what do you think about the you know the whole interim title situation? Like, last night, everyone, for the last, maybe not the last three or four weeks, but when they were kind of announced and all, it was all like, oh, these are the interim title fight night, and they're coming out of last night, they're like, oh, that's one of the best fight nights of all time. It's strange these, the way things work when it's just great fights, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, I think people do have a point of they have been thrown around interim titles too easily, but... Uh if it if it makes five round fights, then okay, grand. But there shouldn't you shouldn't need to have these these interim belts to to make a main a high level main event a number one contender fight or whatever it is uh, a five round fight. You should you should just do it. Um, maybe a lot of guys wouldn't wouldn't want to do it for the same pay, but give them a little bit of extra pay if if it's an important fight. It'll be it'll be more exciting a better fight and that's, that's what the UFC are trying to do in, in, in the end, put on exciting fights and get people to watch them and talk about them. <laughs> so well, for the moment, like there isn't that many interim titles floating around, but I think it's a dangerous territory to be bringing in so many uh like they have been doing the last couple of years. Uh, it kind of does devalue the when when a proper title fight comes along. I I I think a it can. Bit, like,
0: but I think it can like that. I remember the Aldo Pettis thing when or uh, when Pettis fought Holloway and Aldo fought someone else around the same time, and there was like two titles. Sometimes guys are
1: out for like three months and stuff, and it's like here's a toning interim title. It's like oh, come on. But
0: like these two last night, Habib is out for a year after getting banned, so that makes sense. Robert Whitaker hasn't fought in what a year, and he's out for like another six or seven months. So I think that made sense as well. So that, you know, both of them here definitely, I, I think, made sense. Uh, but look. Uh, we got great fights anyway so that, that that's all that matters to me what, which fight do you think was better the, the co-main event or the main event
1: Ooh, i, I think the co-main was probably better mm-hmm. but only slightly and it, it, they were both absolutely top level excellent fights uh very enjoyable like had nearly everything uh in in, in both of them so uh Okay, maybe the, the near submission from Holloway wasn't that close, but in both fights it was kind of near submissions, or it just had everything. Both of them had everything, and they're they were different. But I pr- probably probably the Adesanya uh, Gaslam fight was probably a little bit more exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was way way more exciting, and it actually it looked way more exciting. Or uh, the other one didn't look as exciting and as good because of what it, what it came after. To me, to me, I think Adesanya versus Gaslam. Might be the greatest MMA fight of all time. And... I think the only thing stopping from being the greatest MMA fight of all time was kind of what made it the greatest MMA fight of all time like if anyone listened to this podcast last week or listened over on Patreon listened to me on Submission Radio I basically called how exactly how this fight would go and kind of the main event as well a little bit so usually I come on here and I say all these things where fights could go and all and I'm usually maybe not wrong per se but not totally on the mark but these ones these ones I called it perfectly I said Adesanya to win even even though picks aren't the most important thing and i said parry had win as well but there, there you go but I, like this fight and I, I i put out the tweet last night when adesanya was in the the press someone asked him about his jab and unfortunately they didn't but this fight had no jabs basically Almost no, like you saw Desanya. If you go back and watch him throwing jabs in the first round, he threw maybe one every seven or eight shots. Which in high-level MMA for a guy who's way longer than other and another guy should is is insane. Like he should be throwing way more than that. He should be putting putting in his jab all the time. But he was really really intelligent not to do it because if you watched Kelvin Gastelum's all fights, which I'm sure Israel Desanya and his whole team did, you know Kelvin Gastelum's best when he's breaking down the jab, Kelvin Gastelum is a small little squat guy, who closes the distance fast as fuck as we saw last night, hits with big power as we saw last night, and can do you damage, so if you are fighting with Gastelum, and he's parrying away that jab all the time, and getting inside, and you're throwing that jab all the time, it's dangerous for you, and what happened then last night was, Kelvin Gastelum, Was getting done to him. What he was planning to do to Adesanya. Because when he was jabbing with Adesanya. He was getting hit an awful lot. And. You know, Adesanya said it. I think in the press conference afterwards last night, he thought Gaslam's jab was actually better, uh, and he underestimated it a little bit. And I thought that was one interesting thing he said because you know I saw Swan Hume saying oh, it's easy to counter jabs when they're, when they're uh, when they're terrible jabs. But I don't think either guy had a terrible jab. Well, they didn't have great great jabs, or don't have great great jabs. But I think their ability to counter jabs—maybe two of the best fighters in the world are doing that. That's really where this fight was kind of altered it was a totally different fight than what maybe it could have been if there was an ex- expert game planning in there and that's why i tweeted last night this is a fight between two guys who are rising to the occasion it's a fight between two guys who are expertly planned to fight the other guy and that's kind of the reason why i it was maybe not the greatest fight of all time because if both guys have had gone in and tried to win that jabbing battle then maybe it could have been a, 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 maybe not a better fight but i think a more um, I don't know, it, it's hard, it's hard to say wh- wh- how different it would have been, but I don't think, it, I do not think it would have been better, but I just think it would have been different, it would have been a different sort of battle, but both kind of abandoned that, and what it what it did after that it turned to just power shot power shot power shot complete power shots for like five rounds with adesanya throwing question mark kicks big kicks up through the the middle switching Santos as i said he'd do last week and throwing big backhands all the time without setting them up or with with, you know throwing maybe three or four at at a time with kicks and stuff like that in instead of the jab or maybe one jab thrown in there so to me it was an absolutely fascinating fight over five rounds, one of the best fights I've ever seen. What, what do you think about the, the one of the best fights ever? Or would you? Would you? Am I going overboard?
1: I, I always find it hard to judge so soon after. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like in, in a, with a bit of hindsight, when you go back and rewatch it, out of the moment, uh, you kind of, you kind of can tell how good the fight was it's always hard to compare it to because you forget about loads of fights like you know like Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler and fights like that like if that had just happened yesterday as well or would you, would we would we be calling that the best fight of all time and, and other fights you know mm-hmm. a lot of other fights that you probably f- can't even remember that were absolutely brilliant so it's it's always hard to say but it's definitely up there as as one of the best fights and um like with high level guys it's always it's always um it's always a bit more fascinating when, when one of these fights happen where it's kind of like big shots thrown because you were kind of mentioning the jab, the jab not being there, and Kevin, uh, Kevin to used that a lot, so it's probably frustrating for him not having that there as well. Like yeah. so, that's another another part of it. But I think, I think that the when you look back at it, I haven't watched it back yet. Maybe you have. uh When you look back at it, maybe in a in a week or two, kind of away from it, you can probably tell better how to rank it but it's always very very difficult to, mm-hmm. to rank these fights as the best ever
0: mm-hmm. but i'm gonna do it right now here's my rating severe.com <laughs> forward slash ratings here is the rating nine point three that's my rating what do you think of that graham what would you rate it
1: mm, it's always hard. like it's, it's hard to give it a, a random rating but uh, like it's 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 definitely it's definitely a nine i'd say I'd probably give it a solid
0: nine. Rookie score again. Why are you giving rookie scores every week? When, when, when are you ever going to learn? But <sighs> rookie anyway, scores. It is a Do you think score. it should have been
1: stopped at the end?
0: I think it should have been, yeah. In the last kind of 10, 15 seconds of it. You, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't criticise Mark Goddard for it. But I think if that exact situation happened you any other you take, time.
1: Yeah, he shouldn't be taking that into... Yeah, it into it have been
0: stopped. But it's, it's human nature as well to to not to kind of try to let it go. But I definitely 100% think it should have been stopped. And I'm not criticizing Goddard. I think he's a very, very good referee and all. But yeah, I, I think it should have been stopped in that situation. But like, the fight was... To, to me, this fight... And I'm looking at my notes here. Like, round 1, Kelvin is faster. He got a knockdown. Round 2, Izzy won it. Knockdown. <laughs> Much better. A close round 3. And in and round 4, Izzy's uh, face was hurt. He was hurt bad with a head kick. And in and round 5, he almost got the guillotine. Almost got the triangle. Landed big shots and almost finished Kevin, Kelvin in the end. Like, this fight was... Round one Kelvin, round two Izzy, round three close, round four Izzy, R- uh, round f- four sorry Kelvin, round five Izzy. So it's that close. It's still you know Kelvin could, uh, could the have fifth though
1: have to be a ten eight like it, it uh, has to be yeah
0: ten eight as well yeah I, I but if not a ten seven like yeah it was it was yeah I was definitely a ten eight and that's how I scored it. I scored the three rounds to to two with the ten eight but. To me, the the biggest thing maybe to come from this, maybe not the biggest thing to come from this fight, but someone some someone tweeted me last night. Um, Were you surprised with the way Adesanya kind of came back from adversity? Because in that fourth round, you know, he was hard He was hit with that big head kick. He looked like he was tiring. And the word "surprise" is an interesting word to ask because Adesanya last night he go he kind of goes, "Oh, now the haters will will know. You know, the people doubt me and everything." And which on uh, on one point is who's doubting Adesanya? Every, everyone thinks he's class. And like these guys need to mute and block lads on Twitter if if that's the sort of thing that's getting into their head. But anyway, but there's it, it was like McGregor back in the day when we you know McGregor fought what his first ten fights or whatever in the UFC when they all finished in the, in the first round or the second round Max Holloway went win three rounds and people didn't know if he could go five rounds if he could last. That five rounds. And we didn't know it until the first. Or the second Nate fight. Sorry. So there's no way I can come out. And I can say. That fighter A. Is going to be excellent. In round four and five. If they've, if we've never seen it. And okay. We've seen it with Brad Tavares. Against uh, Adesanya. But that was. You know. A much easier fight. A fight he dominated. But can a guy come back from an adversity. Can a guy lose a third or fourth round. And be hurt. And come back and win. We don't know until that happens. And last night that happened. Israel Adesanya. Has proven to us that he's an excellent game planner. An excellent technical fighter. His takedown defense has improved an awful lot. His ability to get up off the ground as we saw last night. Has improved an awful lot. But now he has balls as well. And heart. And the ability to keep going after his heart. And never fucking stop. Uh, like. This is this is rare. I think people, <laughs> people need to understand it. Like lads like that don't. You know. They, they don't just pop up every day. He's a top class, top, top class fighter who has the ability to come back from adversity in tough fights. In that fight, that's a bad, bad style matchup for him and come through it and win late and almost finish his opponent late. Like, that's, it's special. isn't it? He's really a special fighter, isn't he?
1: Yeah, we talked about it before on the on the podcast before the fight. We were going to find out a lot of things about uh, about Izzy, as uh, you've coined him, um, and uh, we we definitely did. Like all the things you just mentioned, the heart, the uh, coming back from adversity. Can he if he gets put on his back, he's thrown up submissions. You know that was mm-hmm. that was a submission that triangle. maybe if it wasn't so late in the round where they're both sweaty and I thought he had it.
0: Like I genuinely yeah. thought he had
1: it. If they were wow. both weren't sweaty, he probably would have got that or like you know it, it was very close either way. Uh, so he, he showed us a lot, like you know, you mentioned the the adversity, like that's and how huge that is. And if you want to be like one of the best or the best, and he's shown that, like, and you'll uh, have to show it again now against bigger guys in the division. But I'm um, uh, like, you'd be hard to doubt him now as well. Like, you know, I think I think there's, there's definitely, there's definitely, it's not going to be easy for him. He's going to, he's, he's probably going to have to come through a lot, come through a lot more adversity if he's going to, if he's going to get on top and stay on top, but. He definitely has the potential. Everywhere he looks in his in his MMA game, to he doesn't look to have any major holes. Like maybe we maybe somebody can expose somebody one of the fighters or one of the teams has seen something and they can expose it, but so far so good and he's undefeated and he's at the top of it he's he's on the cusp of being at the top of the game as an undefeated fighter which is which is rare like you know habib did it but nobody really does that
0: and you'd nearly f- kind of forget he's undefeated because things have been yeah. going so quickly and if he does
1: lose he probably like have the ability to close the hole in the game and come yeah. back even better so like if, even if he does lose against one of these really top guys or big guys in the in the division or maybe some style matchup doesn't suit him mm-hmm. uh, like i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that he'd come back even better Oh,
0: yeah. That was at home again. That was it. Was funny last night when I went into like the fourth round or maybe even after the fight. I was like, kind of not not hoping that Gaslam would win, but kind of saying to myself, if Gaslam won this fight here, it it might be better for everyone involved because I'm not sure if Gaslam will come back from this to get another title shot or to fight for the title again. And he he, I don't know. That might be wrong. That that could 100 percent be wrong. But I think if he had won last night. I think Adesanya would almost certainly be back fighting for the title. He w- he would rise through the ranks again and I don't think there's enough people in that division who will come close to beating him to stop him from getting there. So it w- <laughs> you know in <laughs> and I, that's that's a weird thing to say I know but to me it, it it was a fight where we talk we've talked here for the last 5 or 6 minutes about Israel Adesanya and how great he is and there's 100% no doubt but to, to, to counter how great he is Look what Kelvin Gastelum did to him. Like, look at his face afterwards. He absolutely battered him up one, two rounds against one, someone who's so excellent and so hard to fight and who had a perfect game plan against him. And he went in there and he he made it fucking hell for him. He really, really did. Like, Kelvin Gastelum, he, he's definitely the best fighter in the world, I think, at rising to uh, an occasion. I think he is one of the best fighters in the world beating and maybe not beating but getting in there and having fights with guys he has no business having fights with he is he's so great like and maybe that's an unfair thing and it is an unfair thing to say because when you have when you prove yourself over and over again to be able to fight some of the best guys in the world and either have great fights with them or dominate them or beat them then you are one of the best fighters in the world yourself like it's it's kind of sad in a way that last night I had kind of a loser because it was it was one of those fights where neither guy was the loser. Both guys like if Kelvin Gastelum has a, a win bonus and doesn't get it after last night, it's a fucking joke. Like, and that's <laughs> uh, it's it was just such a fucking. It was an inspiring performance by by Gastelum and and by Adesanya as well. But I I have to make special note of of Gastelum after last night. He was just he was so good. He really he really really was so. Like, what do you think? There's anything he could have done to change things up, or do you think he both guys were just fought the fucking perfect fight? Like I do.
1: Um well like the perfect fight like you know you, like I'm sure they've already gone back his team or him and looked at it and they're picking out things there's nothing perfect but I think he was just beaten by the better fighter Uh in a close fight like uh, obviously we were talking about maybe he, he the fight should have been stopped and he would have been finished but at, at the end but even if he had been it still would have been a performance from Gaslam and he just showed such heart and even when he was really hurt he was still trying to trying to win um it, he's probably like there's probably loads of things he could have done differently uh to win the fight but it's, it's like if, if, if it had gone the other way I'm sure Israel could have went back and looked and yeah. done things differently as well so it's it's easy to be the general after the battle you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I, I... I agree, but, I, like, that's the sort of the fight where, I, I don't think he can, you know, I, I if I was one of his coaches, I'd be saying, that there's no point even even looking at that right now, there's nothing you could do, you, you know, you, you were brilliant, you you both won that fight, like, it was one of them to me, but, anyway, what, what like, what do you think of this Whitaker versus Adesanya fight, now, now, I'm not going to give any great breakdown of this right now, because Adesanya, to me, watching him, you have to watch him so closely, in terms of his next opponent because he changes all the time and he will fight differently to what opponent he fights so I'm going to need to watch loads of Whitaker fights going to need to watch loads of Adesanya fights but what do you think like right now as we're a bit out from it what do you think of that fight?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant fight. First of all, uh, Whitaker's been out for a while as well. Like while Adesanya has been on a roll, like and improving. Even like you know the Anderson Silva fight wasn't that long ago, like a couple months ago, and he 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 said before the fight that he he's a different, he's a better fighter than before, or than than even in in that fight. And I think he definitely is. Like uh, I think that performance is absolutely brilliant but I think there's still more to come from him but Whitaker also like you can't sleep on him he's been improving constantly as well like yeah. he the holes in his game that he that he had like have been have been closed Uh, well like have looked have been obviously he's been he's been out for I don't know how long a, a, a long time now but, but there he's been sitting on his ass you know he doesn't seem like that kind of guy like he's probably been improving so it's really hard to call like a it's probably still lean Whitaker, just just in my gut, but I'd have to I'd have to watch tape like.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm not. I'm not even going to say it right now. I, I I need to watch it, but that's going to be a such a great fight. And obviously, you know, he was. It Depends yeah. when it happens as well. Like,
1: mm-hmm. if if it happens in six months, like who's going to improve more? Probably, probably Adesanya, but it's hard to know. Yeah,
0: and Adesanya as well. Last night was kind of stoking up the flames, you know, saying he, you know he's obviously from New Zealand, and Whitaker was I think born in New Zealand and then moved to Australia, and he's calling him like a Mozzie or something, which is, seems like you know it's like a fake Aussie or something, I don't know. So he's. He's trying to kind of Stoke that fire Going full McGregor And Norman Park Like like he did back in the day So you know That, that could build up A bit of animosity There and stuff And it seems like Adesanya genuinely Doesn't like uh, Whitaker Or doesn't You know Like kind of Abandoning New Zealand Or whatever as, as he sees it So that's That's going to be A fun build up And I think it's going to be a, An absolutely brilliant. That's one of the that's one of the best fights we'll see in the UFC this year, and after seeing one, uh, uh, one of the greats, already a nine point three, they're they're going to be very very rare. Trust me on that. So, what what a fight, and looking looking forward to it, maybe an even better one coming up. But Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, did I know you picked uh, Max Holloway last week? Did you like looking at my notes here? This is a fight that either could be three one or, or three. Th- sorry, three. That draw, really? It
1: could have been a draw. I thought as well. Like when we were going into the scorecards, I thought Paria was going to win, but I was like, I wouldn't be surprised here if this is this is called a draw. Hi. But I, I I had it for Paria just, beca- just because just uh, because I I think I think. Let me let me remember the rounds so uh, let me think, let me
0: run through the rounds here so the first round was the first round was Poirier 10 9 10 8 he smashed him up and he you know, he knocked him out like four times i, I thought
1: i thought rogan was exaggerating that, that a bit i thought i thought he was hurt but i didn't think it was like nearly finished at any stage in the first round
0: yeah well that's fair but he he definitely had him hurt a good few times, like he knocked him down at one stage and he knocked him against the fence, knocked him silly a couple of times. I, I thought that was a 10. Eight. It was de- okay, definitely 10. Eight, but I thought it was a I thought it was a 10 eight. The second round was closer then, but he hurt uh, D- Dustin hurt Max late and he was just landing yeah. the bigger power shots. Round three, uh, Ma- uh, Dustin was dominating again 3.5 minutes of it. I've, I've written here and Max came with a laid flurry and landed those big elbows. So that round. If you were being very, very generous, you could score that for Max Holloway. I
1: thought, I thought the third was Holloway's. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, I
0: gave it to him, but I, some, I don't think I wasn't.
1: I, was... I wasn't like watching it scoring it because it was like an exciting fight like this. He so kind of, it's hard to kind of. Mm-hmm. You have to go back and watch it if you want to score properly. But I, I thought like, oh, it's, it's probably two one. Mm-hmm. The the
0: fourth, the, the fourth in it was kind of the opposite. It was Max early and he was winning the fight, but then Dustin smashed his nose open with that big, big knee right up through the middle, changed the kind of the course of the round. Yeah,
1: I, I thought that was like a glancer, like, uh, like, like I know, I know, it cut him open big, but I, I didn't think that was. It was just more cosmetic than anything.
0: Really. I, I I thought he landed a lot of big shots as well with that, and when you burst the guy's face open like that, and then he he went with you know he brought the pressure in after that as well and had him hurt again. So I, I thought he won that round. And the, the the fifth I thought was the only clear Max Holloway round. There was a bit of a clinch late for Poirier, but I thought Holloway's forward pressure did it in the first three or four minutes. But it, either way, like I think yeah. a lot of people didn't expect this fight to go like this. You know I don't think they expected Dustin Poirier... To be able to fight toe to toe with Max Holloway and beat him for the most part. There wasn't much of that fight where Max Holloway was winning. Like, okay, Porrier kind of mm. got a bit tired and stuff, but wh- wh- what did you think of, of his ability to well, kind like, of fight I and beat him for a lot of the fight?
1: Yeah, but like, we kind of, it kind of, like, even though he didn't take over, it kind of turned a little bit towards Max Holloway in the, the third, fourth, and fifth. And I thought maybe the judges might give a 10-8 in the first round and the the last three to to Holloway but I I scored it for Poirier myself as I said but I think I think the damage was kind of done to Holloway in the first round by Poirier he didn't nearly finish him like Rogan was kind of making out but he did such damage that he never really Max Holloway never really recovered in the fight until very late He, he, he kind of made a bit of a recovery But never, never got going like he like he'd like to, or like he does like to in other fights.
0: Yeah, I and I said that exact thing would happen last week because when you're fighting up at one fifty five, that's a little bit of a different thing as well because Poirier carries fucking power. You know, I think it's him, maybe McGregor, maybe um um Edson Barboza with his big kicks and stuff at one fifty five, and they're they're unmatched really at that weight class. When you're moving up from one forty five, and if you look at that last night. They look two different weight classes apart. Like, Poirier looked fucking huge. And I'm not sure, actually, it helped him with, with power and and probably won him the fight. Because of, well, the power shots probably won him the fight, I mean. But he got, he got more tired than he usually gets, you know, in, in that sort of fight. And I think it's because he came in and meant to come in heavier than he's ever did, done before. And, and it, you know, it, it worked for him, but it almost, you know, it almost paid against him. But the thing about... The thing about Poirier in this fight as well is, and before I get to that, Max Holloway, as you said there, and it's 100% true, and I, I said it last week, because if Max Holloway, he's a, not, well, a slow starter is unfair, but he starts slower than he finishes, if you know what I mean. Max Holloway builds, you know, the second fight is better than the first, uh, the second round is better than the first round, the third round is better than the second, and so on. He, he's one of those fighters. So when you're a fighter like that, and we saw it against Jose Aldo. You know, Rogan was saying in the on the on the um, the commentary, we've never seen Holloway hurt like this before. We saw him hurt like that against Jose Aldo. Maybe not as bad, but close to it. Aldo hurt him bad in that first round. And he just hurt him by doing what Poirier did. Bringing a little bit of pressure, meeting him in the center of the cage, and not letting him push you back in that exchange let him push you back but when he gets to the exchange don't let him go forward and land three or four shots and paria was coming right up with that right hook over the top and that beautiful straight left all the time and he was hurting max with it and what you said is 100 percent correct he he basically won that fight in the first round because holloway knew the power that was there he knew that Poirier kind of had his number in the exchanges, and the speed differential that he thought he'd have wasn't enough, because even he, though he was putting on good output and stuff like that, MMA is a sport where power is the, is the most important thing where damage is the most important thing, that's how rounds are scored, so if Max Holloway lands 20 shots, and Dustin Poirier lands one big shot and wobbles him, Dustin Poirier wins that round, that's how MMA scoring works, and Poirier knew that, and Poirier knew that the big shots he was landing, Max Holloway might have landed five, and he might have landed two, but Poirier was winning those exchanges, because you could see in Max Holloway's face, it was hurting him, and another thing as well is like, Poirier fought Differently in this fight than I was expecting. He, one thing I was expecting was, you know, him to. St- both guys to be circling an awful lot and for Max Holloway to be putting on the pressure but when Max put on the pressure Holloway or uh, uh, Poirier kind of stepped outside to go with the circle and then stepped kind of back inside and met him straight away so he was kind of, it wasn't stopping the pressure but he was kind of curtailing it before the point in which they would usually meet you know so I, I talked about they're, they're starting face to face at point A and they both move like 5 feet to the left and get, didn't get to point B and that's where they're going to they're, they're gonna fight but it was actually they were moving from point a to point b but paria was actually moving there first and then going like to, to point a point five and in, in the middle of it and meeting Hollow, uh, Holloway there he was kind of beating him to the rush he was beating him to the exchange all the time and that's why he won the fight it it really really is that jab of Dustin and paria is just absolutely phenomenal and we'll get to the tiredness and stuff but what did you think of like the the technical matchup and how well Poirier did. He was just, he was really excellent, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I think we also talked, he was excellent. I think we also talked about mixing in the takedown attempts. Yeah. Uh, and he, okay, he failed on the first two or three, but he, he kind of got, got a chance to rest uh, a little bit more uh, than, than Holloway in the position. And he did get a takedown at one stage as well. Uh, I can't remember which round it was. He got a momentary takedown, but it, was it, hard, didn't really, it?
0: it
1: didn't it was really hard, lead to anything but he, he, he used the position against the cage to rest a couple of times and in, 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 uh, used his grappling well and he, he made Max Holloway have to think about that as well so I think it was a, yeah as you mentioned it was a really great game plan really well executed as well and he, he deserved the victory and it's it's the biggest win of his career
0: 100%. I think the tiredness thing as well he actually looked more tired than, than he fought if that if that makes any sense, he looked like he was fucking wrecked. He looked like he couldn't do anything, but he was still landing big, better shots than Holloway in the last couple of rounds. Maybe not for the, all the time during the last couple of rounds, but he was landing the big shots throughout the whole fight, and definitely not in the fifth. But in, in the fourth, I thought he was as well. It was it, it was weird the way the way he was carrying. He was carrying lots of muscle. He was carrying lots of weight. You could see. I I'd love to know what he weighed got into that fight. I I'd I'd be surprised if it was under one fucking. 75 or 180 like he kind of he kind of
1: set himself during the fight as well like he kind of felt if kind of tired was turning against him at one stage in the fight but he just kind of said fuck it if i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out with my shield kind of thing yeah. in his post post-fight interview so uh, like i think he definitely he definitely was tired but it was it was a huge fight for him maybe a, like you know he just kind of willpower more than anything to just keep throwing the shots and mm-hmm. and it, like it takes that you like you know you, you can be the best trained fighter in the world but if you don't have the extreme willpower like you're not going to get to the very top yeah, and but... Parier's kind of learned a few hard lessons along the way like and mm. you kind of I think some fighters need that like and most fighters need that it's very rare to have Adesanya or Habib mm-hmm. these guys with perfect records as champions.
0: Mm-hmm. 22 fights in the UFC alone he's had before he got a title shot that's mad like that is absolutely mad for him to go out and win like He's an inspiration for other fighters. A guy who started off with kind of a you know small gym, Tim Crager, and he was on that that what, what was fight it called Fightville documentary, and he even
1: said himself in the post fight interview as well. He said like I've been told my whole life that I'm not good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. He's he is an inspiration. Like he moved to that big gym. You know, when you see you have that kind of. That potential and like Dustin Poirier, we you know we talked about it around the McGregor fight And around then that Dustin Poirier is a very very good fighter, but you know his chin is not there and you know his mental ability is not there and he if he gets drawn into things and he he's gonna get hit and he's gonna get knocked out and imagine that fighter has gone up a weight looks <laughs> looks huge at the weight above and his is uh, he can barely get knocked out like Holloway hit him with a lot of big shots last night and he just took him and kept going and Holloway's chin was great as well but par- for Paria like if you're a fighter and you're looking at that and, and thinking about it like you said it last week that Paria his mental ability has changed and that you know after that that McGregor fight it's a fight you know when you beat someone who's a you know a, <laughs> a bit of a prick deal, like with all, due, with all due respect like we, we all are but he like he's that could ruin you, like, like it could absolutely ruin you, like, this fucking dickhead beat me, and I, uh, you know, you could go like that, and you could just go down the road of negativity, but Pario was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I got beat, what am I going to do to improve, what am I going to do to change, and he has done that, he has changed everything around, he has changed his game up, he's become a really, really, really great fighter, and he's, it's all about... He, went,
1: he actually went up mm-hmm. to a harder division as yeah. well, like a more stacked division, in lightweight, lightweight is so stacked. Like you know, Max Holloway comes up and loses to like Max Holloway. I don't know where he was ranked on the pound for pound list before this, but he's up there high, and he comes up against Poirier and Poirier, Like you know, okay, it was a re, it was like a close fight, but it, like there's not many people saying, "Oh, you know, Max Holloway should have won that." So uh, it was a pretty comprehensive win. And that just shows how good that lightweight division is.
0: Yeah, it's like it's unbelievable, and you know, for Max, Holl- I I still think Max Holloway is a tougher matchup for Habib than than Paria is, which is, which is an odd thing. I said that before the fight. I said I thought Poirier would win, but I, I still think Max is different. But like Poirier versus Habib is a, a, a fight. Maybe we can we can talk about a little bit more than than Adesanya versus Whitaker because we we kind of know those guys so well. We know what Holloway is, or we know what uh, Parry is about, and we know what what Habib is about. How like right now how do you think that fight will go like it's it's hard to see anyone stopping that Habib take on isn't it but do you think yeah. can do it
1: yeah well Habib is vulnerable early like he is like uh, against anybody who's a good striker uh, like his striking is improving all the time Habib but it's it's, it's the relative weakness in his game compared to his, his dominant grappling obviously so that's where he's vulnerable and at the start of a fight like if you can clip him that's, that's how you're going to beat him. And Dustin Poirier does have like he does have a dangerous game early, and he, he can put people away. But I just think yeah, I just think Habib just needs one takedown, and he'll put enough damage on on pretty much anybody that they they won't be the same and have the same pop in 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 their movement and in their punches and kicks. So I'd go for Habib, but Poirier is definitely dangerous early, and that's when Habib is at his most vulnerable. Yeah. before he puts the damage on you when he gets that first takedown.
0: It's it's such an intriguing fight to me because I've said it for a long time and I think the way to beat Habib is to get in his face, get forward and don't let him get off with takedowns. And Paria can, Paria can do that because his jab, he might have the best jab in MMA. His jab is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He smashes it right into your face and hurts you with it. And if he can do that to Habib and just come out and throw. If he comes out and starts that fight with fucking 10 jabs and pushes Habib back. It could be over then, like. It really could. He's so great at at jabbing and throwing counters right up through the middle. Uh, Obviously, you have to be ultra careful. You have to be so well game-planned. He's in maybe the best gym in the world at ATT to to game plan for that. But, (laughs) like, I'm I'm really looking forward to to that fight. Uh, Poirier could do it, like. He could do it. He could he could be the be, but I, I I'm not sure about. It. I'm re- I'm really looking forward to that. And it's you know it's it's great to see someone like Paria who's had a lot of adversity and come through a lot of fights to get up and, and kind of reach that level. We you know we don't see it as much now in MMA because if you've 22 fights in the UFC, it's unlikely that you're going to still be at a level to fight uh, and win a UFC title because. MMA improves so much. Like, Look look at Holloway versus Poirier, the first fight. They look like children. It was like nine years ago or whatever it was. It was so long ago. And for a guy to kind of not only kind of stay at the top and, and be fighting towards the top of the featherweight division and then move up and fight towards the top of the, the lightweight division, but to kind of hang with them and even improve and overtake the guys at the very top. That's insane. It truly is. This is, this is a huge achievement for Dustin Poirier. I do not underestimate it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's unbelievable. And he wants, Dustin Paria wants threw his phone at me to unblock Patrick on Twitter. So that's a thing I can always say about the. the <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your best mate. <laughs> my best
0: mate. What, what, uh, yeah, my Any
1: um, I know he just won the interim belt, but yeah. <laughs> do you really think that fight's going to happen next? Uh, Habib and Paria? Who do you
0: think will, he'll they be? Risk, will they
1: risk? Will they risk that when there's so much money on the table? I don't know. Maybe they will, but Endeavour made a big investment they seem to be trying to make the, the money fights they bring these extra belts in to try and sell pay-per-views and it'll be interesting to see how this pay-per-view did but Habib uh, and McGregor is, is just astronomical compared to any other pay-per-view they can put on Yeah, uh, will they risk like this Parier-McGregor or, or or Parier-Habib too if Parier wins do anywhere near the number no so mm-hmm. uh, I know he just won the belt Parier but I know he just won the belt but I don't know if that will happen next uh, time will obviously tell but don't be surprised if, <laughs> if that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, that's that might be a good shout. you know. Uh, it's a tough one because he has the interim title now, Habib ha- obviously has the title and he you know he's, he wants to come back in what September or October whenever it is.
1: Um, Tony Ferguson had some interim belt and they were like sorry mate we're just taking that off you there no worries talk to you later
0: let's say if he comes back I think the other lads are banned until November and he said he wasn't coming back until then so that's seven months away could you get another fight in there could you get McGregor versus Poirier in there
1: would they want to do that like risk the the Habib rematch do you know what they could do as
0: well do you know what they could do as well they could do it like (laughs) they could announce the the fight like oh Habib is not ready to come back yet so we're gonna have uh, Dustin Poirier versus uh, Tony Ferguson for the interim title and then like three weeks before that they're gonna announce oh no Habib is ready let's have Habib versus McGregor and the winner of Habib versus McGregor will fight the winner of that like that's like something they could do isn't it (laughs) they've done it before they have done a our
1: Yeah, uh, they might even go to that effort. They might just be like, Yeah, sorry about that. I'm like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> move aside, lad, move aside. But as we're on this uh this topic, and I know you probably can't talk much about this, but Conor McGregor tweeted out during the week that he uh he broke his leg versus before the the Habib or broke his foot. No, time no I didn't break his foot his yeah. foot. What what do you think about that? Yeah.
1: Um, obviously I can't say much but uh, uh all these like fights you've seen in the other documentary put out there, these fighters like McGregor in particular like uh, from personal experience, they're always some kind of injury like mm-hmm. going into going into fights like that restricts obviously if it's in your leg or in your foot, like in the, the Mendez fight obviously an ACL is is huge you can't really move the same and you could see in that fight that he w- he wasn't moving the same and if you injure any kind of part of your foot or leg you got you're, your movement's going to be restricted but none of these guys are going into any any of their fights clean clean like bill helter no no injuries whatsoever like um, no elbow injury no hand injury no knee or foot injury or ankle you know there's always something mm-hmm.
0: So that's just a roundabout way of saying it happened, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> it, it, it's just it's like it's you're always injured. People are always injured. Mm, these like it's just the way it is. It's just MMA. Like it's, it's a rough sport. Like I'm, I'm like I'm. I'd be surprised if, if many fighters make it in there uh without any injuries.
0: Mm-hmm. These things happen in MMA. All right, let's move on. That fucking India is killing you, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, not a great card, was it? Outside of of the top two. Uh, we we had Khalil Rowntree putting on a performance. Well, like, yeah,
1: that was that was pretty pretty good from uh, Khalil Rowntree Talked to him in the jacks, uh <laughs> changing rooms at the PI. so I'm up there. So I'm up there good, but he's up there like a lot. Like you know, we'd be going up to the film uh, Connor, and he'd be he'd be kind of hanging around or working a lot that when we'd be there. So he's obviously Putting the work in, he's gone over to Thailand as they talked about extensively during yeah, the fight. One nonstop. Uh, <laughs> in case you missed that, he was in Thailand there for a little bit. Um, and obviously, he's, he, he's since the ultimate fighter, he's in a lot better shape, he's got a lot more tools. But it's it's it was always kind of his, his grappling and what what he does if he gets taken down that was kind of the big hole in his game. So we're interesting to see what he's done there. But it, he seems like he has a lot of potential. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you can pick up like things that quickly from a, from a couple of months in Thailand uh it's a good sign like it's a very good sign and and if he's if he's in the gym all the time like like it seems he is then like he wasn't the pi when i was there then that's obviously another good sign that he's putting the effort in and uh obviously his his game is coming along a lot and that's probably the like Saki knocked out, obviously, but me and kind of you and kind of aren't on it. Really, we're never on the kind of Saki's just yeah, unbelievable fighter striker bandwagon ever. Right. So this was probably the biggest win of his career. Just how dominant he was.
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah, I agree, and the the thing about it is as well, it's it's. I really like Kelly Roundtree. I, I I agree with what you said there. I think he has great potential, and I think he could be a top top fighter. But I don't think you can fight the way he fought last last night at light heavyweight and keep doing it and be successful there's just no way you can carry that much weight and fight like fucking uh, I don't know a flyweight or a bantamweight there's just no way you, you can keep doing that and I thought last night I was sure that Anders was going to come back and knock him out in the second and the third and it almost happened in in the third uh, even though Ron hey, that,
1: try- talk of, uh, like, that talk of like oh, I didn't call the corner to call it I thought that was a bit yeah, was it, was a bit way, over it was way over the top yeah, they was were, like, way over there was a lot of talk about that like mm-hmm.
0: the the knockdowns helped uh, and it's weird obviously they helped Khalil Roundtree but they helped him because it it happened like what I think there was four knockdowns in the second round and it helped him because he was just standing there, and he wasn't hopping around. And he got maybe, out of the, the five minutes, maybe he got two minutes of just standing there over Eric Anders, waiting for him. And that that won him the fight. It really did. I think if that hadn't happened, if he'd maybe just been rocked and, and came back, or hadn't, you know, maybe only got knocked down once, I think Anders would have... There's, no, there's no way you can keep fighting like like three did. There's just no way. If, okay, you can beat a guy in the first round or the second round, maybe. But if you fight like that and you expend that much energy there's just i can't see you you having that much that much success uh going through but look a, a fantastic performance for him it's one of those performances that i look at and i look at it and i shouldn't maybe look at it as negatively as i do look at it as but i i think when you're, it's a guy with so much potential like Roundtree, that you kind of have to see look into the future and see how he's going to fight in the future and i think he needs to change things up a little bit but if he can fight like that in the first couple of rounds, and then adjust to fight differently in the in the the rounds after that. Uh, it, it could work very well for him, but uh, but let's see. Um, Dwight Grant versus Alan Joban. I was kind of half making a pizza when this fight happened. Alan Joban went fucking insane afterwards, saying he was he was robbed. <laughs> Do you, you think he was robbed?
1: Yeah, I wasn't really scoring it, but I thought it was really close, and uh, I wasn't surprised when when Grant got the decision. But it was very close.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know really, possibly. Uh, Nikita Krylov then got the. Got the submission win over uh over your boy Ovan Senpru, the, the best worst <laughs> <My> fighter <boy. laughs> the best worst fighter in the UFC. Uh what about uh, Derek Lewis, man. Come on. <laughs> Derek Lewis, yeah, he's up there. But t- to me watching this fight, I was like, okay well, Van doesn't have a jab, so you jab him and you'll win.
1: But he got so tired, didn't he? Do you think he because he'd already beaten him before he kind of took it lightly, or he got he got very tired very quickly, I thought. I, th-
0: I think he expended an awful lot of energy in that first round. It was a bit like, like round three as well, it's just you can't expend that much energy and he'd huge ground upon that after he got in the mount and stuff like that, he expended a lot of energy. And I was like, he looks so tired that if all Krylov has to do is throw jabs and he'd win this fight. And, and he hurt him at the end of the first as well, I believe. But uh, um, Krylov came out and he threw three big jabs right up the middle and in a right hand. And I was like, oh, this fight's over. Because OSV was hurt and he was tired and everything. And then Krylov, or Krylov, whatever you want to call him, for some inexplicable reason, started to clinch with him. Like, what are you doing? And then he took him down and obviously he got the choke and all like that. But it was Krylov's... Game planning is not the best in the world. He's a very good fighter, very talented fighter, but I think in the future, something like that against a better fighter will 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 definitely stand against him. But he made it, you know, he made it a lot harder than, than he, it needed to be. But you know, fair play to him. He's good, a good win against a guy who's who's beaten him in the past. Maybe you know, maybe do that fight that
1: again. Great win, great win for Kralov. Uh Like. You know, <laughs> he, he, he has a, he has. I think he, he's a guy that has like better offensive tools than he does defensive tools by by a by a good stretch. Mm-hmm. But he, he's not as as terrible at, at grappling <laughs> defense as he was when he first came to the UFC. Um, and, and he has had a few kind of flashy finishes as well. Like he, he's an exciting guy. Like he's never gonna he's never gonna make it to the, to the very top. But he, he's he's a guy who you go in there and it's probably not gonna be a boring decision. So he's he'll stick around. Like but. Uh, this may end up being the the, the best win of his career.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, not much other than that on the card. Matt Frivola versus Jalen Turner. Did you see the upkick in this one? There was lots of people giving no. out about it saying that Mark Goddard should have taken a point and everything. I'm mean, like, I was watching this right So he was on the ground. Frivola was on the ground and he upkicked Jalen Turner and like glanced off of his eye and in... Everyone was like, Oh, I need to take a point. This is terrible. Your man like flopped backwards and was like falling. It's like, he didn't hit him that hard at all. There was no way because he could see it hitting him and then he kind of flopped after that and I hate the word flop but I'm using it because it's America and uh, who cares. But uh, to me, Mark Goddard did this really, really well. There was no point necessary to be taken there uh, and the fight moved on. Like, I think people need to to kind of understand it better. Like, if there, if there's a f- strike that's illegal and it changes the course of the fight or it, it exerts a lot of damage on a person, exerts is not the right word, but you know what I mean, then you should take a point. But this didn't. He was, you know, he was putting it on a little bit. This, this was the one where, okay, he gets hit. Are you okay? Yeah, all right, let's start the fight back. He, he gave him three or four minutes even to recover when he probably shouldn't have. He brought in the 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 um, doctor and stuff to look at him, to, to give him a little bit of time. So that that was enough to me and uh, th- that was not more than that. Then Pentoja versus Wilson Hayes. This is an a reoccurring team in MMA that should probably be more of a reoccurring team, but Pantoja got this knockout like Anthony Pettis did against Wonderboy and like the one the week after, which slips my mind now. But Pantoja saw Wilson Hayes throwing a jab and going straight backwards all the time in that fight. Watch it even watch thirty seconds before the knockout, Hayes jabs go straight backwards. So all that Pantoja did was he looked for the jab. Avoided it, jabbed himself, and then sprung forward and hit him with the big right straight down the, the middle because he was going straight backwards the whole time and wasn't moving to the side, wasn't moving his head, and knocked him out. It was as simple as that. Really, really great uh, game planning by Pantoja. Really, really good read, as Dominic Cruz would say, and uh, absolute uh, top performance there. Um, anything else? Yeah, as I mentioned in the yeah.
1: broadcast, kind of was shown before by by uh, Cejudo, was it? Yeah, I think so. It was, i think they said it was the exact same thing so obviously he'd been seeing the opening as well and so it's a lot easier to see the opening when it's already been shown so uh it wasn't nice might want to might want to work on that
0: mm-hmm, 100%. uh belal Mohammed in the in the prelims was was really good great performance against Curtis no, is he i think he's one
1: of the he's, he's one of the many one of the boys. F-
0: one of his four <laughs> interviewees, or it?
1: kelly or something allegedly
0: what And he's loads of lads in his house and stuff to see. (laughs) He's got a lot of boys. That's that's where PT went. All right, (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) Uh, what did you think of the the Boston Salmon finish? I, 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 it's one of those where he gets knocked down, he gets hurt badly and then he gets hit with two shots, and I think it was a good stoppage, but it was, uh, I said it was questionable. Yeah, could and... say
1: he was like, floundering a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> flopping around. But uh, I think it was, it's one you can question, because, and I hate when people say, "Oh, it's not." Just see him getting up afterwards; he was falling around a bit. i so, was like, "You, the referee can't see into the fucking future. How does he know how to stop the fight if if a guy's fucking floundering two minutes later? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the most stupid fucking argument. I hate that shit. But it was it was a good stoppage, 100. percent But I, you. I, I, if you're uh, if you're Boston Salmon, I I think you not not give out about it. But I think. Uh, i'd probably be mad if i was him but i'd be wrong you know it's one of them where it's kind of on the border he could have maybe let him take one more shot but i think it was a the perfect stoppage but it was one of those it was just on the borderline of perfect and i just think he got it right but you know you know no harm talking about things like that um right tj lillashaw failed the drugs test you are you surprised graham are you are you shook about that
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> How come? Um, I'm never surprised when guys fail drug tests, especially when their own t- teammates have like made accusations in the past and mm. things like that. But even if they hadn't made accusations in the past, you'd n- never really be too surprised uh, <laughs> when uh, an athlete fails a drug test, not even in just in MMA, mm. in other sports as well.
0: Yeah, look, there's always rumors going around about certain fighters and certain teams, and you know, when when mm-hmm. when Chad allegedly. Min, no, no, Almost. when when Chad, no, I know, but. yeah, <laughs> allegedly, yeah, sure. but when, when Chad Mendes has failed the test, when TJ Shaw's failed the test, now we're having put oh, the cream on his on his baby toe, like, <laughs> yeah, come on. yeah, 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 indeed, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hashtag excuses, but yeah, look, you, you can read into that what you want, but what did you think of of TJ Dillashaw's um? His video he put out afterwards saying that i did it and he admitted it and he kind of said he was sorry for it and wanted to move on he made a bad mistake and stuff. i thought it was refreshing to see that yeah it's better, than,
1: mm-hmm. it's better than some kind of ridiculous excuse like a potion from thailand or you know just yeah, fair enough like just take it and move on like uh don't get caught again because <laughs> you'll end up out for four years but um it's, yeah, it's better than just going through the process and all these kangaroo courts where they're not going to change their mind. They're going to ban you and take take money off you if they can. So you might as well just say you did it and serve your ban.
0: Yeah, look,
1: to if me... did it. To me,
0: you need which to... Which did. Which you did, did, yeah. According to him. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, 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 to me, you need to look at this from the correct point, right? So... A- loads of people are obviously going to say oh TJ Lillashaw is a cheat he-, he took EP off fuck him whatever he says it doesn't matter he's only saying it to-, to look better for himself okay if that's your opinion fair enough but I think we need to these lads are still human like Th- this is a, a human <laughs> he made a fucking mistake. he fucked up and he should be banned for it I, I agree two years is definitely 100% right- the correct ban but you also look at other human beings who do the same thing at the same time and they lie and they cheat and they fucking steal and they say they're going to snitch on people so that you they know, get It's their
1: probably not bad. a one-time mistake. Like, you know, it's no, yeah, on the T-shirt yeah. case, but in general, I'm talking like, uh, in all cases, most cases, they're probably not the first time they did something that they get caught. In yeah. my opinion, it's probably more likely that they've been doing other things or the same thing and they just got the timing wrong or the dosing wrong or whatever it is. But I'm not an expert on (laughs) financing drugs.
0: Yeah, but the point is, he was caught, right? And you need to look at it from the point he was caught at, because most people in that. Uh, at that point, would still be lying. They'd still be saying, "I never took it. There's my, I'm fucking tainted supplement or some shit like that." He came out and he said it, and he was like, "Look, I took it. I, I fucked up." Yeah, well, Mexican meat is a kind of a legit one, but he, he came out yeah, and he said it. Yeah, they're all legit ones, but they are
1: not <laughs> absolute bullshit, man.
0: Like you have to respect that, and I think, I think. The reaction to this is important for MMA fans because if you react to this and go, "Oh fuck you, you're a liar," You're who cares if you're you're saying this? You're only trying to make yourself look better. You should be saying fair play. It's refreshing because if you say that, more guys might do it. And if you give him more abuse than a guy who comes out and denies it, then you're at a point where you're saying you want guys to lie to you. That's basically what you're saying, like, because if you know if, you, if a guy comes out and said, "Oh, it's a tainted... Well, is there any? Is there any
1: like? Is there anything they give you for, for coming out and saying yeah I did it like you know in a court in like a, a criminal court like if you if you plead guilty they kind of give you yeah, a little Marlini, bit a leeway yeah. Yeah. yeah but is there any kind of reason for people to say, like most people just think off oh, I fight it I'll get a ban that goes back anyway what do they call it retrospect or yeah, retrospective, whatever yeah. so yeah. It, it doesn't really, you might as well kind of see if there's some kind of fuck up in the chain of command or whatever that you can weasel it way out of it like mm-hmm. unless there's some kind of like reward for being honest, most yeah. guys won't be honest.
0: Yeah, that is true, but and that's why it's good. I think that someone is honest, and I think we need to kind of not not forgive him or not respect him or anything like that. If if you if that's your your you know your take on on drugs and stuff, but definitely. You should respect this more than someone who lies about it and says, I, I put fucking cream on my heel and that's why I failed the drugs test. That's sort of bullshit. Like, I, I think we need to, to do a better job of calling that sort of shit out. So, look for a play to... Anyway, next week, uh, UFC goes back to Russia with, uh, you know, a, a good local card. You know, we, outside of the main event, you have Islam Makachev versus Armand That's He's 13-1. Makachev is, is 16-1. and um, you have my boy Ivan Shri- uh, Shri- I, can't, I can never say his name Shreitikoff he's the big Hulk fucker who's 16-0-1 he's the fighting, big Hulk fucker he's fighting Devin Clark he's insane that lad you have uh, Antonia uh, Shevchenko is fighting your, your girl, girl. Rox- Roxanne <laughs> the, the, the grandmother of American former, t-
1: former title contender <laughs>
0: Yeah, when well, she a two time title dinner No, one time. She was almost a two time title dinner fair play at her. And you've loads more. Um, uh, you have uh, Movsar And that fight was close, if you believe on. some
1: uh, some American media. Oh, God,
0: help us. God,
1: help us. She was robbed, she robbed,
0: was robbed, fucking blind But what do you think of this, this main event? Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Alexei Olnik. Obviously, it was supposed to be who was supposed <laughs> to be? It was supposed to be someone else, and uh, they they got injured or something. And then it's uh, Olnik versus uh, Overeem. What do you think of that fight?
1: Yeah, I think it's a go- actually a good fight. I Volkov, like it was supposed Olinek to be Volkov, fight. sorry, go on. Volkov. I, I, yeah, it was meant to be uh, Overeem and Volkov, mm-hmm. but Volkov pulled out. But uh, I always like all neck fights because he's a bit different, and he might pull out some weird Ezekiel joke or something strange. And uh, Overeem fights are always fun. Obviously, it was more fun when he was when he was on the horse meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, allegedly on the horse. yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, when he's walking around wearing drug-free t-shirts, it's back <laughs> in the day, you know. But uh,
0: do you know actually? But, uh, do you know him? dim uh, 25 tests clean things? Or the UFC things—they're going, they're going to they're gonna look so hilarious in years to come when lads fail tests and you can you will put up the the, the yeah. on the website and be like, oh, 25
1: do they keep like, I know in like certain sports, I think in cycling and stuff, they keep the yeah. they keep the test and test it like in five years and 10 years or whatever it is. And when they, and they have better tests and they know about different drugs and I wonder, will they do that with, yeah, like, I wonder if they, do they have they, the are, test? They, are they keeping these tests or is it in the USA and UFC's benefit? Like if USADA want to keep making this money from the UFC and don't want to get told the fuck off, then they probably don't want that many. Well, <laughs> they don't well, want everybody failing.
0: I might send them an email and ask them about that because you know that's another thing that kind of came out of this whole TJ thing, that they don't test do that test for EPO all the time, which is, you know, a bit a bit concerning, I suppose. But the reason they don't do it, I think, is because it's it's like an extra test. It's like if they see bits of EPO or whatever, they'll do an extra, I don't know, I I can't really fully explain it, Uh, but I think that's the reason that it's, it's, one is like a test for its presence or something another test is for if it's like synthetic i don't know how how it works but i, I think it's one of one of those things but um over versus olnick anyway i i think Overeem should win this fight pretty handily to be honest uh, it's it's going to be very hard to see olnick you know pulling guard or getting over him on top of him to to ezekiel just so him. big as well yeah. <laughs> you never know what over him over is
1: one he, of those he gets lads. Yeah, he's very chinny as well, but I don't see Olenek having much in that department for him. But um, you'll have to go over him in this fight. But with Olenek, you just—if you—if he, he gets a hold of him or like manages to just get on top somehow, it wouldn't be all that surprised. But uh, like, he's very old as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's extremely I mean, old. Yeah. I know,
1: I know, <laughs> I know. has been around for a long time as well, but Overeem he has been around forever. But I think Olenek probably has. 10 more fights or a few more fights uh, anyway then what's this hold on let me look at it here Yes, he whoa, just loading here Yes, he nearly said this will be a 70th fight for Olenek and this will be the the 60 second fight for for Overeem so like a lot of fights between them and um, uh, Overeem's probably taking the more damage but Olenek doesn't really offer that but with heavyweights you never know as well uh, it could just be it could be over very quick Overeem could just come out there and blow him out of the water in the first minute mm-hmm. but you never would out Ollie neck when he when he's he's such a he has such old man strength and he, he's he's a warrior and if he gets a hold of something he he, he has the ability to to pull people away mm-hmm. so um, I definitely I definitely pick over him but but you never you never rule somebody as skilled as Ollie neck on the ground out
0: yeah and it's on at six o'clock Irish time as well the main card so that's fucking brilliant can't wait for it be, be, be <laughs> um, it's almost strange
1: though when it's over and it's just kind of like yeah. okay what are we gonna do I, now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it will all be fucking clashing with a soccer match. I wonder what matches on next, next oh, Friday. Hold yeah. on, let me look. Let me look. Uh, Premier League fixtures. Um, do, 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 do. What date have we today? So it's the 14th. It's the, oh, Newcastle versus Southampton. Yeah, it's grand. Uh, but anyway, okay, before we get to the questions, Bellator announced some of their upcoming fights for London this week. We obviously have... We knew about Gegard Musassi and uh, Rafael Lovato and James Galler and Jerem- uh, Jeremiah Libiano uh, and Eric Silva versus Paul Daly as well. But uh, Chris Bunyard, Charlie Leary was announced, Mike Shipman... Uh, versus Acostolo van Stinis. Uh, John Redmond is fighting George Tacos, an up, up-and-coming contender, Nathan Grayson, versus uh, Franz Malambo, who signed with Bellator now. That's a really, really great fight. And Richard Kiley as well, versus uh, Galore Bufando, which, that could be fucking bonkers. There's some good fights there, <laughs> isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is, yeah. And uh, actually, James Gallagher, you just mentioned there, he's... Uh, he's obviously uh, on the card and I saw him up in uh, SBG Nice there uh, recently and he, he signed a new contract and you can see you can see from every time anybody mentions a contract he, he's, he, he, he's very happy you can see it in his eyes so uh, it's good to see these guys getting paid like you know a lot of these guys have been training and working for years and years and for very little and I think people overestimate how much money there is in MMA when, when you're not one of the top guys so it's good to see the, that these guys are getting paid
0: mm-hmm. yeah and obviously we talk a lot about more like about like
1: obviously we criticise them a, a, a lot about their TV deal which they've finally sorted out so mm-hmm. it's good. fair play to them for finally sorting it out and Fair play to them for for paying somebody's of properly. Mm-hmm.
0: This is like the podcast of positivity this week. I like it. It's it's a, it's a nice change for using yeah. negative shit. And it's good.
1: Like like Bellator, think you hate them or whatever. But once they yeah. start out the TV deal, then like you, you, we have more time to talk about the good things.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So
1: like, here's some good fights. Here's a good thing. We can actually watch these good fights. And uh,
0: someone needs to clip that. Bellator, think you hate them. <laughs> love it <laughs> they love do it. don't they yeah they do yeah but look these things happen yeah. but yeah it's, it's gonna be that like uh that kylie a fan of i'm gonna obviously get kylie on the podcast before that fight as, as well again but that that's gonna be fucking insane there's gonna be some some mad fights there and yeah it's it's uh i'm looking forward to that but um yeah okay oh there was something else oh yeah john kavanagh as well was on the late, late show. i don't know if you saw it or not but he was you know he didn't say it too much with the irish uh, mixed martial arts association he talked about how they kind of spent the year kind of itching their holes (laughs) to to put it uh, bluntly and he was like uh you know it it took a long time to kind of understand what we're doing and they're going to put in another application out to sport and he says hopefully that it it will be it will be better accepted or more more well accepted the the next time and that he said the you know the the meetings with sport ireland have been i've been good uh, they haven't been totally against MMA, so that's that's very, very good. He also talked about McGregor, and he's basically said he thinks he'll fight again and that he, he thinks he will be in his corner, and he certainly hopes that he'll be in his corner for his next fight. So, a lot of people have obviously asked about that over the last few weeks whether, you know, McGregor and Kavanaugh are still together or not. And, you know, obviously, McGregor isn't, isn't saying much, but. Um, it seems like, like John Kavanaugh, he said he's going to meet him up with, in the next couple of weeks as well to talk about the future. So, you know, there's, uh, that's a thing that could could change over the next couple of weeks. But I, I think it's probably going to go on the same as it was. And it's it's kind of weird because he said, oh, I haven't talked to him in a while, barely talked to him in a while. And he's been training out in, in Miami for, for months. So, you know, it's a it's an odd one. But, you know, maybe maybe he needs a bit of a change and to kind of come back then afterwards uh, again and get back with, with uh, his normal team might do him the world again. But sure, look we'll see in a, we'll see in a while anyway, alright, let's get to, let's get to the questions here, and we have a couple from, um, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash, Severe severemaid.com forward slash, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, the price of a point a month, sign up, there's like, fucking 400 podcasts there already, and there's at least, three every week, to come out, usually like four or five, um, and, uh, Sign up there, please. Help us out. I need to buy a H6N. I really want one. It'd be handy to record podcasts, it'd be handy to record different things. So sign up. Help me buy <laughs> hashtag H6N for john So sign up and, and do that. All right. Mark Atwell has a couple of questions here. Living in New Zealand, I was roaring at TV for Adesanya Hart, who was in my mouth for three or four rounds. Now he's the interim middleweight champion. uh When do you see the unification happening? Whitaker appears to be back training. uh Give it a couple of months and a mega fight in Australia. Yeah, it has to be in Australia, doesn't it? And Adesanya said he doesn't want to fight for a while, so maybe maybe six months a big fight yeah. in Australia in
1: Australia yeah. have shown that like they, they, they can fill a stadium like mm, yeah. so definitely a lot of interest there a lot of fans there so it, it makes the most sense I think yeah. why wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, Mark asks as well what's the next logical step for Max maybe line up a McGregor fight at lightweight uh, or would he go back down to, to feather, featherweight it's a compelling fight for for both McGregor and him he says assuming Paria versus Habib is the mm-hmm. fight to make next I don't think McGregor versus Holloway is happening now
1: no, I wouldn't say so. But you know, in it May, anything could happen. But I don't think that that'll be next anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. All right, I did this thing where I told people to send in their beers they were drinking last night, and I was gonna gonna rate some of them. So here is uh, Nobler. He put in Tropicana 4.2% alcohol tinnies. Weird looking yoke. Not not great. I'll give that a 4.2. I wonder
1: ever seen that.
0: Someone sent in a bottle of Proper Twelve. I I haven't drank Proper Twelve yet. I actually got a bottom of it, but I haven't I haven't drank it. What would your rating out of 10 be for Proper Twelve?
1: Uh, it's actually very good. I I was involved in uh, choosing the the blend. Oh
0: yeah, geez, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I, I, we I had did a, a like one, yeah. tasting tasting session in uh, New York. With the whole team and <laughs> like I don't know if my opinion was listened to, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably
1: not. But uh, I put in I put in some uh, hard work drink that whi- uh, <laughs> drinking that with different blends of whiskey.
0: Selim Marcos put in tecate I've never drank that. It's like an American thing. Have you ever drank that tecate
1: no, no, I don't think so.
0: I give it a I give it a 5.6 out of 10. Uh someone else sent in what's this? Uh, I don't know, it's just a pint. He's that like a bar from Justin Adkins? Uh Wesley Gorman. Sent in. Points, are good. <laughs> Punk IPA. I fucking hate that those oh, yeah. IPAs, they're rotten. Have you drank that, have you?
1: Um is that the one that comes in like a small can? Yeah, a small can, yeah. Yeah, that's actually all right. It's a, it? it's a little bit fruity if i remember right but it's yeah it's nice
0: mm-hmm. and he asks Are you sat and not testing for epo a standard a bit of a red flag for the ufc anti-doping no i think there's reasons behind it maybe i could ask him to to clear it up more but I, I i don't think yeah i don't think it is to be honest uh joseph carbley sends in a bottle of captain morgan last time i was drinking captain morgan was uh in the fucking hotel room after spiced bellator
1: or white room
0: it's uh spiced it brown gold? or white brown. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Philip Kodoras, he's over in Czech uh, Czech Republic. I think he's drinking Korskiviks. Looks nice, though. Big, big uh, white can. Philip Ronan's drinking a bit of Carlsberg. If Conor calls the winner of the main event, though, do you think he gets it before Habib comes back? Conor versus uh, Paria before Habib comes back? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. Like, if Conor really pushed for it, and they both pushed for it, and Habib was... <sighs> I just don't think so. There's just so much money on the table there with Habib and McGregor too. Um, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if go against what the UC have done historically and recently mm-hmm. if they, they didn't just take that huge money fight and make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo Whis- Bar, which is a great name, Paul. Uh, he sings in Rockshore. Have you drank Rockshore? Rockshore is lovely. It's it's a bit like bit like harp. Which is- No, I've
1: seen I've it seen in a few places, but I haven't actually ha- had it yet.
0: Lovely. He says... Uh, um Corleville's cat piss it. as well. Uh packet oh, in yeah.
1: Heineken. I
0: I How dare you? Um uh Heineken, Heineken obviously lovely I'm from on as well. Can't can't I'm eat about the Heineken.
1: Even better over there.
0: percent all right, everybody. That's the questions for today. Send us in more if you want. I'll be doing the Q and A there later on, and uh, we I will answer them over on Patreon. It'll be out Tuesday morning, like it is every week. The rewatch will be out every Thursday as well. With it, with a different fight. So I'm not sure what fight I'll do uh, uh, this week, but it'll be something good anyway. So Patreon. account com forward slash severe MMA podcast. Graham. Any final words? Liverpool playing Chelsea. I heard you're a
1: uh, Chelsea fan now.
0: it's a tough one really isn't it because you know obviously Chelsea losing would benefit Man United but I don't really care about Man United when Liverpool are going to win the league and I hope Liverpool just don't win the league so yeah I don't know obviously you want Liverpool to win what do you think it will be? (laughs) Obviously I want Liverpool to win (laughs) yeah I want
1: Liverpool to win Um, yeah It's 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 a huge game like it kind of Brings back the memories of the the Demba Ba, Jared Slipping, and yeah. Minaledin. doing the transparent man move that he likes to do. Um, yeah, uh, I think Liverpool are a much better team, and if they score early, I, th- I think they they could win handy. But Chelsea, like if 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 it's tight, like somebody like Hazard, or they have a few players who could whip out something out of nowhere, and if you go one nil behind to them, it, they probably won't give that up. Mm-hmm. Like Liverpool have come from behind in a few games recently and shown a lot of kind of heart and stuff in games and determination and not letting their heads drop and so heads drop and stuff. But like Chelsea are kind of a if <laughs> if they if they want to hold on to a lead they they got the players that could do it and they they got some very uh some some very experienced players and they got people like Kante who who are. Obviously he's playing that position a lot this uh <laughs> this season, but mm-hmm. he's still he's still like an extremely good player, like you we're know, player of the year a couple of years ago. So these are some very top top players and if you if if you if you give, if you give them a, an early lead or any kind of or if it's tight late it, it could get dangerous. But uh I think Liverpool will will win. But it's football, anything could happen, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like it's Liverpool's last tough match as well, because uh Burnley and Newcastle I think won at the weekend. So they're last almost... Last game of
1: the season though is, is who again? Wolves. Last game of the season is but Wolves, Wolves.
0: Oh yeah, I, I don't know if Wolves not winning the FA Cup semi-final is a benefit or or not, but because they're If they were kind of in the FA Cup now.
1: final, they kind of be putting more effort into that, thinking about that. But, but because they're not, like just last yeah. game of the season, you know, yeah, like, I don't know. It's it could be a difficult game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the game today, like Chelsea are, are good in midfield. That you know, keeping it's the ball like, holding. It, the do, it, you it,
1: do you think it makes it easier, or, or like it doesn't matter if if? Yeah, I, Man City, I think it's, what I think happens in Man City beforehand.
0: Oh, today is it
1: yeah Man City yeah. played before Liverpool today mm. so it'll be over like if Man City lose does it put more pressure on Liverpool to win or it's hard to know like uh, mm. what, like?
0: I think teams you know, are good at kind of ignoring that sort of stuff and just playing their own match I think they're very uh, obviously very professional so
1: this is like when it's coming down to the last few games of the season you're you're obviously looking at that result or looking yeah. at that game I suppose if we, if we, if we've you wouldn't be able to keep your mind off it i yeah.
0: I think you, you said the right thing though I think if Chelsea do get a lead that they'll be tough because they'll co- become compact and everything but I think if once it's nil all and if, if Chelsea get any kind of bit of forward ball at all I think Liverpool will counter him pretty easily like Liverpool are a team who seem to be excellent despite having a shit midfield like <laughs> you know because Kate hasn't been great he's got a couple of goals recently but he hasn't really kind of controlled well, he hasn't
1: really played but Favinho's you know, been absolutely brilliant since the uh, yeah. second half of the season since he kind of got better in properly and mm-hmm. Henderson's obviously uh, Shit. Uh, people have like very contrasting opinions about him, but he's he's like kind of playing the last few games as more of a kind of yeah. yeah more kind of box to box, able to kind of run free with Fabinho kind of doing his job. So, um, and Milner is obviously like you. Milner is a brilliant player. Like he's he's just like Solid. very rarely make a mistake. Always do the right thing. Like nothing too fancy. Like if you need him to score a penalty, he'll bang it in. You know he's. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's not going to get ruffled by anybody uh, like th- these guys. Wijnaldum, like I think he's I think he's been really good all season, but he looked a bit tired recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, like these like these are these are very good midfielders. They're not like you know Tony Cruz or Tony Cruz or like you know these top top
0: yeah.
1: guys r- running games.
0: Scott McTominay.
1: <laughs> Scott McTominay. Like they're like they're not, not like they're not don't have the ability of a Pogba or whatever, but. They're, they're very good at what they do, mm-hmm. and it functions correctly. Like, you know, they've beaten some midfield. they beaten some really, really good, other, good teams. Are really, really good midfield. So I think Liverpool are actually kind of you. they're
0: good at bypassing that, and that kind of you know not exposing their midfield for their liabilities if you know what I mean they're, they're good at what they do and they as long as they're doing what they do that that you know they're good Chelsea could do that a little bit if they kind of control the ball in midfield and pass around them but I, I think Liverpool are so good at not letting teams do that with the kind of the pressure high up and then when you get the ball to obviously Salah and Mane and Mane especially this year I think is an absolutely phenomenal you know if it wasn't for Van Dijk I think he'd be up there for for player of the year I think he's been really really great uh, but yeah, look, at it should be a fun match. Hopefully, Chelsea will get a, an early six goals, and it'll be <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be. All. I suppose a draw is actually the best result because even I think if they draw, Man United can still afford to beat Man City, and they'll still win the league because uh, they have a better goal difference in Liverpool. But, you know, hopefully yeah. Man City will smash whoever they're playing today and
1: that won't... Uh, Crystal won't Palace, win. yeah, no, they will be, be Palace handy. Like, Palace have got none to play for and they're just they're not very good. Like, yeah. But uh, um, Man, Man City probably score an early goal like they always do and mm-hmm. probably pass it around mm-hmm. and maybe get another one late on. Like, and Liverpool just need to keep winning. There's going to be no... You can't you can't assume... Like, the only game you can be hoping for, really, is this this Spurs game and this Man United game. Like, these games against Crystal Palace and these other teams, and yeah. Man City just can just you beat them with ease like they score an early goal, go and then they pass it around and mm-hmm. kind of see if the other team want to kind of run around after them for the, the whole game if they don't they score a couple extra as they do they take the
0: 1-0 yeah sure Liverpool will probably get a handy penalty and a non-fair goal as well so and they'll win them the leagues so, look <laughs> 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 we we must do a soccer podcast we might do it after the, the Champions League whenever the Champions League dries to, to kind of get both of them in but we'll have to do it. we'll definitely be doing a, a one over in the next 10 days over on Patreon anyway so sign up patreon.com forward slash, if, my podcast, if you want to hear more soccer stuff alright everybody thanks very much for listening and we will leave you on the inspirational quote actually before we do that you you haven't watched game of thrones have you no no oh it's coming back tonight i'm actually shook i can't wait i have i only started watching game of thrones after the last season so i've watched like every episode four times now i think at this stage so this is the first time i'll ever watch an episode live wilson so i'm gonna be fucking shook it's the last season was only you're, six you're episodes more shook
1: than a hand at christmas mass
0: i, <laughs> I fucking am as i choked the debt but yeah i can't i can't wait who do you think cleaned up on the iron throne graham what do you think
1: i have no idea what you're talking about you don't know you don't know i watched I, an episode and a half and it was boring so I how
0: fucking dare you're you're scum is all you are you are a scum but anyway <laughs> all right everybody i'll leave you on the inspirational quote of the week do something today that your future self will thank you for we'll see you next tuesday or monday or sunday